Welcome to the First Comics News Podcast. All right, welcome to the First Comics News Podcast, episode 28. Back after a eight-month hiatus, uh, we took an extended break through the summer, fall, and Christmas, and uh, but we're back once more. Uh, Patrick will be back next week. His schedule prohibited him from being here today, but with us today is a very special guest, uh, a new co-host, uh, role player, gamer, connoisseur, lover, family man, uh, Gabe. <laughs> That's a that's a great intro. That's a lot of I'm not uh, really a lot sure. of hats that I'm yeah. wearing there. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, Gabriel Easley, and I review comics for what? First Comics News. You do? I do. Uh, well, I review I review everything, <laughs> but uh, I rarely write it down. Yes, that's, that's the real issue. You review it in your head while you read it. Exactly. All right. This week uh, we're going to go over some new books that came out. We're going to go over the Ant Man trailer. We're going to talk about Star Wars. And all kinds of wankiness. A lot of Star Wars. A lot of Star Wars. Uh, was there any books that you read this week that you wanted to talk about? I'll, since you're new, I'll let you get us started with all your excitement. Oh, uh, well, I picked up uh, I picked up that uh, Conan Red Sonia book. And I wasn't sure. Uh, you know, I love uh, Gail's work on Wonder Woman. So mm-hmm. I thought this that, should be pretty good. That's Jim Zub. He writes the Conan book and right, Gail writes the, writes, the Sonia, writes the Red Sonia. And that's uh, Dynamite? Dynamite, Dynamites. Okay. Um, pretty good first offering out of the gate. I was pretty ha- I was more happy with the Red Sonia than the Conan. Um, she the story really kind of tied it all together. It wasn't more it wasn't more of a uh, an up tempo story. You know, they're both thieves. They're running around. They're doing the classic stuff that you like, not the real heady, um, long winded uh, story that sometimes uh, used to get into. Conan titles. Yeah, I did notice when, uh, if, do you read the Red Sonja book, the regular one? Yes. Yeah, it's a lot lighter than that. Yes. You know, the Red Sonja is pretty dark with the plague and yes, very much so. a lot of violence. Uh, this one more lighthearted? Uh, there's definitely more, there's still the, the level of, I mean, you've got a, a drunken Sumerian running around. Yes. There's going to be violence. I like their interactions. It's a very, yeah. it's very good and, and they do a good job of making sure that she's not one-upped by Conan, even though it's pretty much his world. Like the movie where she was one-upped. Constantly, by Arnold. Yeah, who was that? Uh, uh, Brissette Nielsen? Bridget Nielsen, yeah. Bridget Nielsen yeah. was Red Sonja, starring Conan by a different name. They didn't call him Conan? That wasn't Conan. It wasn't Conan, no. <laughs> I don't remember I don't, the I don't know if I've ever name, seen the whole even, thing. No, no, he, was, he wore a shirt throughout most of the movie. Oh, that's not Conan, then. No. Absolutely not. And pants, I think. Is, what's this, a limited series? Uh, I, it doesn't say it was a limited run, so I think they're hoping to keep it running. Hmm. And, I, you know, Gail usually, uh, she's pretty good with the mythology. She's really good with making sure that her female characters are just good characters. It's not just, well, they're, she's a female, we're going to keep this book running. She's got a, she's definitely got the right story in mind for it. Did you read the uh, Conan book? Uh, no. 
Yeah. No, Conan. No, yeah, I, I, you know, I like Conan, I like I like Conan's views on the world, but not so much <laughs> the comic his book. political views. <laughs> I like Conan's political views. I I like the way he I like where he comes from. Yeah, the problem with Conan is it doesn't ever I don't know. It seems to be the same thing. Like eventually he will be Conan the King. Yeah. But, but here's what he's doing this week. Yeah, it's just stabbing this guy. You can pick up any random book and pretty much get the same story. He's gonna get a new sidekick. Yeah. They're going to run around against some corrupt tyrant, and Conan is going to chop his head off. Have you ever read any of the books? Absolutely. The Howard books? Howard books are, are great. Great books. <laughs> how, how many of them were there? There was, like, he wrote, what, he, 20? Well, he kept... That's how he got paid, so he You're kept right. writing That just, was pulp stuff. Yeah, he just kept writing and writing, and um, there might be more than 20. Wow. Um, but... Eventually, he just said, "Well, look, uh, guys, I can't keep, I can't keep writing this same thing. I'm going to switch it up." And the book publishers didn't like that at all. They said, "Well, if you don't send us Conan stories, we really don't have anything for you." Yeah. And I was like, "Whoa, well, hold on. Here's another Conan story." I yeah. Just came up with. And he he also created uh, what's the other book that they publish with the Puritan guy. Uh, Solomon. Oh, Solomon. Solomon Kane. Kane, yes. Yeah, right. that, that's him too, as well, right? Yes, that was his other idea. Yeah, he eventually got him to uh, bite on Solomon Kane, the Puritan. You ever, you ever see the uh, Solomon Kane movie? I did see the Solomon Kane movie. Um, it's one of those like movies where you know if they just had a little bit more of a budget, it would have been righteous. Yeah, but they got through casting and they got through everything, and then they said. What do we got left for editing and special effects? Well, not a lot, but my cousin could probably hook us up with some editing work. Yeah, it, it was better than I expected because it didn't even get a release here. It kind of, right. I don't know what happened with that, so I expected the worst. It was better than a Yui Bowl yes. movie. I'll put it that way. Uh, you ever see Postal? Postal, yes. Yui Postal, Bowl, yeah, I'm kind of a connoisseur of his uh, oh. Postal, House of the Dead. Uh, what was the one he did with Jason Statham? Oh, uh, in the name of the king. Name of the king. The name of the king. A dungeon siege movie. That was. It uh, was incredible how many people he got into that movie. I kept. They kept showing up, and I thought, wait a minute, she's in this. Yeah. What's he doing here? Yeah, he went to some Hollywood movie when everyone was coked out of their minds and took pictures <laughs> because it was like, holy crap, what a. Man, I really wanted to like that movie too. I mean, Jason Statham. Like, holy cows! Cried out loud. And what was the other one he did? Uh, the uh, the one with Christian Slater, uh, Alone in the Dark. Oh man, Alone in the Dark. Yes. And he I, did Blood Rain as well. He did Blood Rain, and I I don't know if he did the following Blood Rain too. No, he was just a producer on that one. But the thing, the problem with Yui Bull is that he it he's German, and in Germany. They have a the government has a thing where they will match your funds if you're doing something entertaining. So if you make a movie, all you've got to do is come up with a scratch for half of it, and the government will pay for the other half. So all he has to do is come up with two million dollars, and the government will say, "Well, here's two million. Yeah, make and then he writes it off as a tax loss and saves money that way too. Right? What a scam! Yui Bull. So off track, but it's important that we get Yui Bull's bad name out there. <laughs> I, I like his movies. They're so bad. House of the Dead was... Oh. <laughs> 80% of the budget went to the, the uh, bullet time. I, I find myself watching movies like that, and then going, I gotta do some dishes or something. 
All right, my first book for the week is The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl Number 1 by Marvel Comics. Written and drawn by Ryan North and Erica Henderson. Uh, this was from Marvel last week, right. uh, which I kind of didn't read until yesterday. Because uh, it looked silly as hell. That's That was my assessment. I thought, I, what, is, what is this? looks like a tick character. Yeah, it's uh, it's appeared a few times. Stephen Ditko actually uh, drew the first Squirrel Girl story. Uh, she appeared in... God, I wasn't reading it, but there was like the Avengers Great yeah, Lakes. She was in the Great Lakes Avengers. Yeah, which I great team. Big Bertha, dinosaur, dinosaur. Get that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big Bertha, huh? Big Bertha? I thought Big Bertha. She was. She's a supermodel, and then she can blow herself up like the blonde. Oh no! Who I was thinking of? I was thinking of uh, Miracle Man's wife. What's her name? Big Brenda. Oh, Big Bart. Big Bertha. Something like that's what. Yeah. Big Barda. Or something like that. Yeah. Uh, the girl who made the nudie film with Superman. Right. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's how everyone remembers her. Uh, so this is, uh, actually when I was looking at it, I was very surprised it was a Marvel book. Because it really struck me as like an image, or uh, not even an IDW, maybe an image book. Like more the, the creator a chance, of chance. Kind of yeah. I mean, it was very uh, independently drawn looking. Uh, uh, she's going to college. Uh, she talks to squirrels. That's her power. You know, and she has squirrel strength, and she can chew through ropes and stuff. But squirrel strength. Squirrel strength, Todd. Watch out. You ever fight a squirrel? They're, they're, they're vicious <laughs> little things. squirrels running all over my yeah. backyard. You know, you've seen Christmas Vacation, where the squirrel gets in the house and That's takes right. over. It takes out everything. Yeah, there's like 15 adults in there, and they're all terrified of that one thing. I mean, obviously, uh, for some reason. Does she have rabies? I don't think so. Okay. That'd be, you know, confidential between her and the school nurse. Her. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, she started in college in New York, and uh, it's pretty much just her getting her roommates and stuff, and uh, Craven the Hunter shows up. As you do. You know, and uh, she pulls up the Deadpool fact file on villains, gets the info on his dress style and all this other nonsense, which is pretty funny. <laughs> and they wind up fighting as people do, and uh, it's pretty good. It was, it was cleverer than I thought it was. I expect it to last, mm, we're going to give it maybe 11 issues. Seven before it's announced that it's going to be canceled. Because if She-Hulk can't make it, no, Squirrel Girl no isn't going to. And She-Hulk's pretty fantastic. So is are they kind of cashing in on the Deadpool wackiness factor, where Deadpool sells eighty titles a month, and they go, "Oh, well, let's, people like Squirrel Girl. She's kind of a kind of a commodity. Um, let's uh, let's get her up against Craven." Yeah, uh, and obviously Craven's going to go. Well, yeah, she. Craven's very confused any, about the whole the whole situation. Any any superhero that can control any kind of an animal or resembles any kind of an animal, Craven will be showing up at your door. So just don't name yourself after an animal. And you don't Actually, he's not even there for her. Don't have to worry about. Oh yeah, it's New York she, is he there for Spider Man? Yeah, he's chasing. Yeah, he's hunting Spider Man, the of most dangerous uh, of all. The yes. guy who never hurts anybody is the most dangerous creature alive. Um, <laughs> but it was uh, it was very cool. I like the way she beats him in the end. It's very unconventional, uh, very quirky, very much like the Tick cartoon. You know, uh, that was I, really I liked what it. I, thought. I don't. I just don't think there's a market for it from Marvel. No, yeah, you, but but it could survive on image numbers. But I don't think the Marvel numbers. Yeah, she was a she. Um, she did have an issue with uh, the Tick where. I think in the Tick cartoon, there was an, actually a character who controlled squirrels. Oh. Or she liked squirrels. That was her power. She goes, she I like squirrels. squirrels. She dressed like a squirrel. 
Was that in the original 12-issue run from Ben? It was, no, it was not, because it was a, the Fox cartoon. Remember, he had to oh, create all new characters for the Fox cartoon, uh, except for Tick and Arthur. Everyone else had to be redone. Really? Or, Why? Uh, the, he couldn't get the, he couldn't get the rights for, um, Amer- he had to make up American Made, and he had to make up Deflator Mouse, and I think most of the, those were the two main ones, but he, he was able to keep the villain, you know, Chester Chairface and, yeah, I wonder what, or Chairface odd. Chippendale, huh. was his name. Um, I, I don't know why, I mean, who knows, Fox is known for doing all kinds of great stuff. Now that's uh, The Tick, the live action show, you ever watch that? The live action with Patrick Warburton? Yeah. I loved that. Yeah, that was a I, You show. know, I thought people were like, were just going, no, 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 no. You're going to have that guy as the dick? It's perfect. 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 I couldn't have imagined a better no. tick. Voice, body, everything. Fat Manuel was, was oh, so great. Good. So good. Great. Yeah. Yeah, the, the superhero who died having sex. Oh, with, the immortal. With, yeah, with the, <laughs> with the, with the, what was the name? American Made? Captain, yeah, no. No, no, uh, no, it was Captain uh, Liberty. Or Captain something. Liberty, right. And you see the, all the heat marks yeah. on the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like. Or he tries uh, to throw the corpse off and this is You killed the immortal. <laughs> uh, he died happy. That was, yeah. That was, that a, was great a great show. show that's coming back, right? Eight, eight episodes? Yes. Yeah, it's coming back? With Patrick mm-hmm. Warburton? Yeah. Didn't they get the whole cast back for like Netflix or something? Or was that an April Fool's joke? I thought he said that he wanted to, but I don't know that they. Actually, he said I could see it on Netflix. Oh, but is I that don't what think it was? he said we're getting back together because that would be. Uh, Hold it. The guy who played Batman well vowed to never do his Hispanic accent again. Oh, that could be problematic for Batman well. Yeah. Um, the Captain Liberty was on. One of those CSI shows. I don't know yeah. if he still is, but but Patrick Warburton's got to be fifty. Mid-50s. He still looks good, though. Yeah, he, he had that. What was it People of Interest? No, that's a crime drama. <laughs> uh, he was on that show with uh, that little weaselly comedian, David Spade. Yeah, yeah. I like how I was able to just pick that <laughs> out right as you said it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're just teasing me like the yearly April Fool's joke about Firefly coming back on Amazon Video. Uh, Every year I fall for it for a second. It drives I'm like, me crazy. It's back. <laughs> it's think, back finally, and they're still just young enough to pull it off. Or we, it's a whole universe. Yeah, I mean, if they brought back a what's what's Netflix bringing back a, a one wet hot summer? You ever see that? It's a comedy. Oh right, from the yeah. late '80s, I think, and it had yeah. like all these. Superstar comedians these days, uh, the guy who's Ant Man is was like right, his first no. movie. All these people, you'll like you were like holy shit! All these people are in this, and uh, they got the whole cast to come back and do like an eight ish, eight episode uh, series on Netflix. They did that with Arrested Development. Yeah. They got everyone from that cast to come. But back. They can do that. They can do, do that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Shit. Why not? Really? What are you doing, Arthur? Whoever that guy is. I don't know. I don't even know what he went on to do. If anything. All right, so that was uh, my first book. What do you got? Bring it to me. <laughs> well, let's see. Uh... <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> well, uh, there's actually two new Dread books, Judge Dread books. Oh. Uh, and I don't know if you like Judge Dread at all. Oh, I, I read 2000 AD. 2000 back Johnny Alpha. Yeah. What? John, back before they killed Johnny Alpha. 
That was Johnny Hoffman. 2000 AD, he was like the poster child. He's the guy with the big helmet and the... He's got the, the gun, the big helmet. He's green and yellow. Oh! Yeah. Uh, the mascot thing. The mascot. Yeah. Yeah. He's dead? Yes, they killed him in the, oh, in the 90s. Oh, I, I stopped reading it for a long time. Okay. You know, back at that age where it was too expensive to import on a weekly basis, before the internet <laughs> made it, you can get it on iTunes right. for 99 cents every week. Right. That's, yeah. Which makes it a lot easier. And Perfect. it's not four months old. <laughs> not, Which is key. Yeah. Well, I always I always thought, oh, man, I'm cool. I'm reading a British comic. Yeah. Well, I, I used to read uh, Dread when it was on quality mm-hmm. and Eagle. Oh, and right. Then, yeah. uh, was it St- uh, Sternum? St- uh, Strotum Dog? So what the hell was the name Stro- of it? Strontium. Yeah. 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 I can't say Strontium it. Strontium Dog. Strontium Dog. And uh, that, and there was another one they had too, uh, Stainless Steel Rat, maybe. I remember that one. Yeah. No, but they had a whole line based around British comics. I used to get the Dread ones all the time. And, uh, you know, it's been a long time since I've read those old books. I should get the big omnibuses. Absolutely. And uh, was it the Fallen Earth series? Fallen Earth. The, um, the, the, the great thing about Dread is 90s superhero movies, you could mess up any comic book. Guaranteed. Oh, yeah. So Stallone Dread is heinous. Well, it's crime. I saw, that the, I saw that in the theater opening day, and I was, everyone said it was horrible. I went and I saw it, and for the first, like, 20 minutes, I was like, this is great. <laughs> These people don't know what they're talking about. You know, he's doing the little quips. He's shooting people. Right. And then they took the uniform off, and he left Mega City 1, and it was, like, oh, it's, it's God. It's Judge Dredd. That first 20 minutes, though, he made a great Judge Dredd, too. Like, the face with the chin. <sighs> I, yeah. Man. But have you seen the, the more recent Dread? <laughs> have I seen the more recent Dread? <laughs> right. Oh, of course. In what, 3D. A great, what a great uh, introduction to Mega City 1, to, to the Dread universe, everything. Yeah. It was good. It was almost, it was, uh, which one came first, Judge Dread or the Raid? Dread. Right. Yeah. Actually, Raid came out first. Oh. People called Dread a remake of uh, the Raid. They did. One, Which people? I want to talk to you. <laughs> you know, one big apartment building. You start on the first floor. It's controlled by his crime syndicate. You work to the top. You fight the bad guy. There's a twist. You end with him leaving the building. Which movie am I talking about? Red. <laughs> <laughs> the Raid. <laughs> I mean, it's very similar. But, uh, oh, yeah, I have it in 3D Blu-ray. And it's like the, the guy gets shot in slow motion wow. from the... Uh, what is it? Uh, what were they doing? Uh, oh, they, I, don't, I don't remember. But what, what they've put out is... Kind of the, the story, sequel. the comic, yep. the, the comic that came out this week is the story of Mama and that story, yep. her rise to power. And oh, it's a prequel. Yes, yeah, how All she right. gained her power. So it's actually obviously the art is always top notch, but the the story is really interesting. It's a very Mega City one. You get you always get that great like here's what the here's what the criminal. Here's what Dredd is doing. Here's who he's beating up right now. And then here's who he's going to be saddled with for the rest of the story. So, and like in the movie, it's, you know, the new officer. She's trying to figure out things. She's psychic. Judge Anderson? Yep. He's he's Judge Dredd. He's trying to figure out who to shoot. Everyone. 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 Everyone's guilty. They have something. And then Mama, the rise of Mama. Yeah, she, who, who was that actress? She was good in that. 
I don't know. I don't have it in Blu-ray. I don't get to watch it uh, in full awesomeness. You still doing VHS tapes? <laughs> Video yeah, CD? I've got... They don't, make, they don't make them on Laserdisc anymore. They're on Laserdisc, so... so? I, I, my options are very limited. Yeah, you haven't lived until you've stopped the movie four times to flip the disc over. That's how you knew you were a movie <laughs> fan back in the day. You used to have a... I used to have a store up in Waltham where I was living, and they had it, it was all laser discs. I'd go, and I was so jealous. My wife would, at the time wouldn't let me have one. And I was like, you, know, you don't understand, baby. VHS, they crop. They crop. And she couldn't get it. And so I was like showing her, and, you know, look at how Star... Oh, well, I don't like the big black bars at the top and the bottom. I was like, but look at Star Wars, you know. The VHS one, they crop out the sides. And you don't see, uh, like, one of the RC-3PO and R2-D2, you don't see them in Chewbacca at the end because they're cropped. It's like, you see them all in this. In it's this just, so what? I, I know they're there. I know they're <laughs> I there. I just saw them a few seconds ago, and I was like, oh, this is dreadful. That's, and that's, then DVD came people, out. Yeah, but when DVDs came out, people were still going, I'll stick with my laser discs. Yeah, because it was uncompressed. Yeah. So a lot of people who like animation used to do laser discs because you could saw every frame. And you could store them with your record. Yes, and that was very convenient back in the day. But uh, DVDs came out. I drove up to, uh, where the hell did I drive up to? Halfway up. New Hampshire, because the only I think Tweeter was the only store that had them in New England, and uh, they had three movies available. And Warner Brothers only released DVDs in New York and uh, Los Angeles as a test run. So I had an order from a store that or that went to this uh, Chicago and bought cases of like the mask, and ordered special ordered them because it was, <laughs> yeah you'd go to Leechmere. I don't know if you remember Leechmere or if you're in the area when Leechmere was around. But they only had, like, one end cap of, like, six movies on DVD. And they were, like, wow. 30 bucks a piece. First DVD I ever watched was Rock and Roll High School. Rock and Roll High School with Corey Feldman. Was he in that? Or was that the sequel? The, oh, the, yeah. the horrible, horrible sequel. First one had the Ramones in it. I don't yeah, think he I was in the first the one. First one was really good. I, Feldman's always in the, the less good sequel. Whatever movie. Yeah, but I remember just, like... It was like letterboxed, and I could have the audio commentary. I could switch back and forth. It was heaven because I like films, and I used to pay people on uh, the uh, not the use before the Usenet. I like the wrote out the bulletin board systems, but there was one that was nationwide, and I'd pay people who had laser discs to copy like the Clerks with the director's commentary, so I could watch <laughs> it on VHS because I wanted to hear how they made the movies. But anyway, so that was a uh, yeah. I don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, well, we were talking about Dread. And oh, Dread, the yeah. That were out. Um, both really good. Urban Warfare is the one that mimics the movie that just recently came out. Well, nope. it wasn't too recently, but... Yeah, no, it was three years ago now? Yeah. yeah. So, what was the other Dread comic? The other Since Dread was just the 2000, 2008 AD following the... You know, I read that every week, and it's... I like the Dread... Yeah. But I'm not really that fond of the other ones right now. They're the big blue guy. Yeah. That's all right. And then there's the one that's really artsy. And the guy, it's like black and white kind of. I can't make heads or tails out of that. I, yeah, I can't really tell if 2000 AD is is really for me. Or if I'd just be better off just going with Dread. Yeah, if it wasn't, if Dread wasn't in it, I wouldn't read it. Exactly. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel that way. All right. Uh, my next book uh, is Ant-Man issue one. Published by, who publishes Ant-Man? Oh, Marvel Comics. <laughs> and uh, this is launching the new comic book, kind of building up to the movie's launch in May, I believe. May? June. May? No, May's uh, Avengers. Shit, I, I saw it at the end of the trailer, too, and I don't remember. Anyway, Ant-Man's coming out. Uh, it's 
So they're releasing the comic books. Which and they've synergized it, right? Of course, they're ready with the comic books and the movie, and everything's all together. It has nothing to do with the movie. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, do you, uh, have you ever read Hawkeye? I have, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, very much like Hawkeye. A lot of panels per page, a lot of verbal uh, back and forth. Funny at times. Uh, July 17th, 2015. Excellent. Um, that's when the new movie comes out. Uh, who's who's Ant Man nowadays? Paul no. Rudd. No, no, no. Oh, Scott the, Lang. Scott Lang. Yes, the I criminal couldn't, extraordinary. Couldn't pull up his name. Uh, this book starts off with him having a, a pretty lousy life. He does. He's unemployed. He's poor. He lost custody of his daughter. Uh, his ex-wife lives in New York with her now. Doesn't want him hanging around too much because the lifestyle he leads is dangerous. Uh, they show him sleeping. He sleeps on cardboard boxes in a rundown apartment. Covered with ants everywhere. They're in the fridge. They're on the pizza because, of course, he talks to ants, so he lets them hang out, uh, which is kind of strange. Why he's not Rat Man? Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think, yeah, I think he saves on everything. Like he'll just go to a, a men's, uh, like he'll shrink down. This isn't in the comic. This is just how I'm picturing it. <laughs> this is your, hold on. This, <laughs> this is, is the extended. This is the, but the director's cut in my head. This, he's so poor that he actually shrinks down in costume, gets out of the costume, it comes back up, and then washes it with the hand soap and the sink, <laughs> holds it in front of the dryer, dries it off quickly, shrinks back down, gets back in. I mean, that's the level of so poverty we're dealing he's with. shrinking his laundry to save on dish soap. Yes. I don't think he has dish soap. I think he goes to, like, a, a restaurant he, and uses the bathroom. He, is he not an Avenger? Can't he go to Avengers Mansion, give that to Jarvis? I'm not sure about his current status, because I cannot stand the current Avengers comic. Which one? The one with, uh... Who's, who's, Secret? Uh, Uncanny? Dark, light. Versus uh, the main one. Who's writing it? It's uh, the guy who does all the uh, Hardman. Oh, man, I'm drawing a blank on his name. He's like their go-to Jonathan Hickman. Hickman. And I've... I, when I, here's what happened. I found out he brought back the new universe. Right. He brought back Starbrand, Nightmask. Yep. I was like, this is... I didn't know. I, I love huge fan of the new universe. Go back, get all the issues. I'm reading it. And I'm just like shaking my head, like, what? This is garbage. Garbage, garbage, garbage. He, he butchered it. He made Starbrand. Oh, God. It's just, oh, it's so horrible. I, I didn't even finish it. I was just, I gave up. That's hard. It was so. That is hard. Oh, God. Anyone who sees the, what, the third biggest movie of all time and goes to the comic shop and buys the Avengers comic will never buy another comic book. I mean, I, I don't know what kind of marketing that is, but it's... All right, we've put together a crack movie team. Now uh, let's make Iron Man a bad guy. Yeah. Take away Thor's hammer. Oh. Give him an axe. Yep. Spider-Man is a Latino boy. Right. For a couple of the comics, except when he's not. Except when he's not. They, they can kind of run around. You uh, following any of the Spider-Man? Amazing Spider-Man run from Dan Slott? No. All right. They're doing the Spider-Verse. And uh, they have this villain uh, going through the different verses. What's his name? Mo Mo Mongold? Mongold, so something like that. Mongold. He, he, he was... travels through dimensions. He's killing all the Spider-Man in every universe. Oh, okay. So they show uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Yeah. Uh, they show that universe, and like he's crushing Peter Parker's skull, and, and Firestar and Iceman are dead. <laughs> you know? So they're doing all it. But they go to the cartoon universe, and like everything's a cartoon. And the guy's like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> And they're, they're going to Daily Bugle, and they're like, the Daily Bugle has six windows on the side. 
what kind of building in Manhattan has six <laughs> windows on a side? And it's the only building in the town that has a, that identifies itself. You know, because everything else <laughs> right, is just like pastel just colors, background. which is pretty funny. But uh, it's, uh, I don't even know what the hell I'm talking about Spider-Man for. Where right. am I going with this? Well, bringing it back to a spider has eight legs <laughs> and an ant. But anyway, yeah, it's uh, Avengers is garbage. Getting back to what I was talking about. Ant-Man, I don't know what his current status is. Scott Lang was always the better Ant-Man. I was never, I'm even though Pym was an original Avenger, I was never behind Hank Pym. Yeah, Giant Man, Yellow right, Jacket, Ant-Man, make up your mind, man. Right. The problem I here's here's my concern with Ant-Man, the book, which ties into the concern with the movie. Who's his enemy? Who's his arch nemesis? In the In comic the, book, it's finances. <laughs> and his checkbook. <laughs> So it's Ant-Man versus Poverty, issue number one. Right, exactly right. And he's uh, he gets an offer from, he goes to Tony Stark Industries to interview. He doesn't own a suit, so he shows up in costume. And the interview goes bad, but Tony comes down, he's like, I'll handle this interview. And he's like, you know, you didn't have to do this. And he's like, oh, great, you know, I didn't want to ask, but they wouldn't believe me, you know, and, you know, this is great, I can really use a job. He's like, no, no, I'm not giving you a job. But uh, there's a con- there's, I'm holding a competition for a new head of security. Because uh, Jim Rhodes won't return my calls because he thinks I'm a jerk for some something that happened in his <laughs> comic. And uh, you're welcome to try out for it. And the thing is, you have to break into Stark Industries and get this passcode. So it's him, a guy I never heard of, uh, the Beetle. The Beetle, of course. Who's now a female. Oh. Uh, yeah, his daughter is the new Beetle. And uh, one other guy, and it's... Uh, it goes along, goes along, and uh, he uses trickery. He shrinks down. He sneaks in at, after dark to get a heads up before the, the night of. Of course. Tony Stark finds out because he does it, and Confetti drops down. He's like, well, of course. you know, I don't care how you do it. You just have to do it. And you cheated, but you <laughs> did it, so you're hired. And Tony Stark is a cheater. And he's so excited, and uh, he's like, you know, you know, this is great. You know, you're hired. And Scott Lang's looking at the, this huge-ass TV. He's like, that's the biggest... TV I've ever seen in my life. He's like, oh, great. You know, I'm glad you like it. It's yours now. And he's like, well, that's bigger than my apartment. He's like, no, this apartment's yours. You're head of security. You, you live here now. So everything's clicking. He's got the job, and he goes uh, back to see his daughter. And he walks in. They're all moving boxes. They're going to Miami. Right. So uh, he, he winds up ditching the job. And Tony Stark's out having a press conference. and introduce him. He can't find him. He's on the plane. Micro-sized. Uh, following his daughter down. But the whole thing really is not a superhero book. It's more of a uh, a drama. Right. It would work superbly as like a Netflix series. Like kind of like a, you know, yeah, being a hero is great. Like, you know, but what happens if you don't have a great power and you, people don't really care for you? Well, yeah. It's like, and okay, you, you got to pay the bills. And Daredevil's you, a lawyer. Yeah. You know? Good money and lawyer. Good money. Yeah. Uh, Captain America will always work for S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Yeah, he's, a, go- he's a government employee. Right. Yeah. Iron Man will never have to worry about money. Never. Thor's a god. Thor, Thor's got the halls of Valhalla. Yeah. I mean, Spider-Man used to be that way, but then he, he started dating a supermodel, and now he owns his own company, Peter Parker Industries. Thanks to Doc Ock. Thanks to Doc Ock, absolutely. And they actually, in the, the Spider-Man series, he goes to the universe where Doc Ock... Superior still, Spider-Man? Yeah, Superior Spider-Man. And it's, uh, it's pretty funny, uh, their interactions, because Doc Ock can't picture a future where he doesn't... He's from the past, and he doesn't picture a future where he doesn't win. Right. So he thinks Spider-Man is from his past, not his future. 
So he's like, I'd kill you now, except I'd kill myself because I haven't taken you over yet. He's like, oh, he doesn't realize I've already won, and he won't comprehend it. That's Doc Ock. But the end of the last Spider-Man issue, Ben, uh, his uncle Ben, is alive. Oh. From one of the other universes. Because Gwen Stacy is a Spider-Man in one universe, and it's, it's a, I can't keep track of it. Spider-Ham's in it. Let me, let me just say that Ant-Man number one must be spectacular, because we keep veering off into the Spider-Man <laughs> universe at every opportunity. It, it's, don't go into it. You know, if you have a family member who saw the trailer for Ant-Man and was excited, don't buy him this book, because it's not going to be what they expected. It's an unusual tactic, but uh, I liked it. It seems to be Marvel's tactic. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Their synergy uh, is, not, is not kind of off whack. Got. It's off center. Uh, but while we're on the subject, the Ant-Man trailer. Ant-Man trailer, I like that it's Scott Lang. As I said, not a, not a fan of Pym. Yeah, well, Pym is in it. Pym's in it. Yeah, Pym Michael is Douglas. the gravitas of yes. Michael Douglas. A great narrating voice. Yes, um, and... It won't be Janet Van Dyne, but it'll be someone Van Dyne. Her sister, daughter, I'm not sure how they're doing it. Pim's yeah. old, so... Um, Did they mention her in the trailer? No, I just... Okay, alright. But, um... Here's the problem with Ant-Man the movie. Can you have Ant-Man versus Poverty as a movie? <laughs> who's, his, who's Thor's arch nemesis? Loki. Spider-Man's got about 80. Yeah, Green, Go- Green Goblin's his go-to. Captain America? Red Skull. Red Skull. Ant-Man. The Wasps. <laughs> no, Spider-Man. Because spiders eat ants. No, spiders don't <laughs> eat ants, right? No, they eat flies. The Ant-Eater, of course. The Ant-Eater. Ant-Eater Man. No, it's... Hmm. Sadly, I think it would be... If it were Pym, it would be Ultron. Because originally, he created Ultron. Right. It, it's, it's, coming, it's coming out after the movie. So hopefully it ties in with that. Because I, I watched the trailer and I was not impressed. I thought it was a kind of a boring trailer. They had two or three attempts at humor. Where he says, can we change the yeah, name? Is it too late to change? And it just came off flat. I, I, yeah. There was no chuckling I couldn't in tell if household. it was going to be what you had envisioned that it would be a visual. A visual delight for the senses. Right. Or he would be small. He'd, he'd be under a couch. He'd punch up. He'd throw the couch on some bad guys. It would be a huge thing. He mm. could... Then it would be like, why am I just Ant-Man? Maybe I'll be Giant-Man. Boom. And I thought, you know what? You might have sold me on this. But I saw nothing yeah, in the trailer that indicated that they were going to pull some fancy tricks like that. Maybe maybe they're holding their cards back. I hope so. <laughs> I do uh, too. I mean, my wife doesn't know anything about anything about comic books. You know, except for you know the big names. Guardians of the Galaxy trailer came out. We watched it. And she was like, I want to see that movie. Yeah. Ant-Man movie came out, and she's like, all right, uh, whatever. You know, maybe Blu-ray. Or maybe. you go see that. Yeah, you yeah, you could go see that one. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna pass on that one. Uh, definitely lacking. It it wasn't uh, it wasn't too exciting, and I'm hoping that they've, they've got another one cooked up that shows a little bit more of the action sequences. Yeah, they need to, what they need, need to do or is tie... Or who he's going to fight, at least. Something. They need to tie it in with the Avengers movie. They've got they, to. They need something where, I don't know... It's lacking it. It is not. It doesn't have the punch. It's not giving me the goosebumps. No. And first day, I got to go see this movie, Syndrome. Yeah, definitely nothing like the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. <laughs> what I was afraid of was that they were going to go, okay, we got Paul Rudd. Yeah. We are going to have to...
bring some Judd Apatow jokes into the Ant-Man movie so that people can transition. He's a, uh, you know, Rudd, he's a, uh, he's a romantic comedy guy. He's yep. uh, He's an everyday guy. Everyday guy. He's right? an everyday guy. And, and I like the guy. Yeah. I do. He's I a good like actor. Um, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt as a superhero because I thought Mark Ruffalo was a romantic comedy guy. And I thought, oh, yeah, this guy's He's a romantic cult. comedy guy? And that's what my wife told me. Oh. So, uh, yeah, hmm. exactly. Well, I, he doesn't I look like, like a romantic. First I said, who is this guy? Yeah. And Gina says, oh, well, of course, he's in this, 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 and this, all movies you don't like. Oh. And I said, ah, ah. Uh, I see. That guy's going to be the Hulk, which is exactly how I sold her going to the Avengers with me. You had this to sell guy, someone on seeing the Avengers? Well, this was before she saw the trailer. Oh, weak. Well, it was, you know, it's a world, is there of, no hope it's a for world her? of Iron Man 3. Is there 3. no hope for her? It's an Iron Man 3. Oh, you, you made her see Iron Man 3. No wonder <laughs> she didn't want to go. Good gravy, man. All right, so that was uh, Ant-Man and the trailer, and yeah. hopefully, hoping for the best on that one. Hope for a new trailer. Yeah, immediately. What do you got? Uh, I think we should move into the uh, Star Wars. Star comics. Wars, this all right. This is uh, Banner Week. Banner Week. You don't say. What happened this week? Well... Star Wars Numero Uno Ooh. came out in 52 glorious covers. And how many did you get? I had two. <laughs> it has been reduced to one through circumstances not entirely of my making. <laughs> if you, bad news, if you're listening to this and you wanted some variant covers, they probably sold out the morning of release. Yeah, I went to uh, the local comic shop and there were people waiting outside. I mean, I went at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a weekday, and they were sold out of every variant cover except for one. And you know for a fact that they front-loaded their orders. Oh, yeah. He had a ton of ton of them on the shelves, like the base mo- the base that you have to base all the variants off of. So, yeah, he, he spent some money. He spent some money, and he made some money, because those things are flying off the shelves. So, Star Wars, uh, Star, the Star Wars comic history is actually longer. It's been around longer than the movies. Uh, the first issue of Star Wars came out about two months before the movie came out. Uh, so it's actually pre- it predated the uh, the movie. Now you're talking about the Marvel? Marvel, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it came out, uh, I believe, two months before. Um, it was a huge hit. They sold millions of copies, saved Marvel uh, back in the day. Uh, I'm reading through the entire run. I'm up to issue 69 now. Uh, I don't know if you ever read those as a kid or... Well, yeah, you have issue seven. But, I've got issue seven right but, here. But that does not but, 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 constitute no, a hundred and seven issue run. I did not read a hundred and seven issues of them. All right. So, do you remember the saga where uh, Luke Skywalker was infiltrating a base, a Tie Fighter manufacturing base, and they he went in with a hot team of like four people. One of the girls, I believe, was named Sheila. I think that was her name. I should have Sheila in Sheila. a Star Wars. Yeah, okay. and they wound up. They had little trans. So they. They stole TIE Fighters so they could get in. Right. And they had little things to let them know who was who. But in the sure. battle, they all got damaged and they didn't know who was who. So Luke's getting ready to leave and he's using the force and he, he shoots one more TIE Fighter down. He gets back and he's like, hey, I'm back. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, go see Princess Leia. He's like, what's going on? Uh, and they, and they, they zoom in. The, he's like, oh, yeah, we have footage of this. And they zoom in on the last one he shot and it was Sheila. Who was, get, who was going through the ranks to be... Uh, like, very popular with the Rebels, almost the Luke, because she was, like, this daredevil. 
and it turns out uh they he got, Luke looks into it and they go backtrack over the last ten issues and it turns out she was an Imperial spy. And that's why So Luke didn't yeah, actually ace something. Exactly. Valuable. So he gets proof and uh clears his name and it was a great story. Walt Simonson to, drew that. Oh, I, I mean it was beautifully drawn. Uh, the cover, uh, if you've ever seen it, shows him in front of like a video screen, and they have the close up of her, and she's like dead in the cockpit. Oh! And he's like enraged. Wow! Beautiful Simonson artwork, and then there's another one with him, real close up of Luke, and it's like all red, like a red screen. Yeah. And it's very powerful. That's uh, amazing. Very cool. I gotta get that's that. That's a great. Side. That's a great story because it, a lot of times the Star Wars universe won't go that way, especially no. nowadays. You, you can't yeah. get. You can't with. As as front loaded as it is with everything, you're not going to get something like that. You no. can say, "Oh, well, this will be powerful and will be whatever," but you know, think of the Clone Wars cartoons. They couldn't yeah. they couldn't kill Anakin Padawan. Uh, Ahsoka, although she Ahsoka. did leave, at she the did end. leave. She said, yeah, you she guys gave up the Jedi." Fire, yeah, so. yeah. You, yeah. you don't believe me? I don't believe in you. But uh, so that was a great storyline, and then they had a uh, towards the end around issue ninety, I believe they had a. Uh, a new dark Jedi girl. She was terrorizing people, but she had this whip. You know, like an electronic right. lightsaber sure. whip. And she's whoosh, 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 whipping around. And she was a cool villain because she, you know, she was like disfigured and stuff. It was kind of like a female Darth Vader. Right. But very cool. And Luke goes to confront her and he actually almost dies because he has the lightsaber and she pulls out another one. So she has two whips. She's got two whips. And, and he can only block one. And uh, it turns out it's Sheila who was rescued. Uh... And... It was just freaking wow. great. It was like mind-blowing as a kid. That's great. It was just fantastic. 107 issues of Marvel Comics. I remember buying the last issue at the Norton Flea Market. And uh, I remember pulling it out of the long box because there was we didn't have comic shops back then. We had a flea market. Right. And every week you'd go and they'd have comics. And you never knew you when knew was coming. Where they come from. Yeah, so you'd flip through the box. They weren't in bags or anything. Okay. And you flip through and I was like, oh, new Star Wars. And now the pop, it said last issue. And I was like, oh. Oh, no. Star Wars is truly over for all time. <laughs> uh, and that ended the Marvel run. Uh, some of the issues, Jax, the, the big bunny, right. uh, the cover you have that says laser gun, yeah, that laser is, pistol. This is what I love, is that in a, in a world where everything is vetted by 20 different people to make sure that it's Star Wars approved, this comic from 1978 has Han Solo telling Chewie to grab a laser gun, which do not exist in the Star Wars universe. Yes. As far as I know. Yeah, it's a cool cover, though. It's a great action but, uh, sequence. Yeah, they pretty much, right off the bat, that was the first issue past the movie adaptation. And it was a uh, remake of The Seven Samurai. All right. Or, uh, what was the western they made there? Uh, uh, Magnificent Seven. Yes. Uh, you know, the whole group of people coming together to save a town yeah. against, you know, the people. It was pretty cool. Jack's. <laughs> yeah, you know, withstanding. And I actually, that was the very cover I was looking for today. If anyone has that and they'd like to send it to Matt, please do it because I'll hear do. about it forever. So then uh, Marvel stopped. There was no new stuff coming out except for a couple of Ewok TV movies, the droids cartoon that lasted Let's two seasons, right Ewok cartoon. That. And uh, eventually Dark Horse Dark got the Horse license. And they started off with Dark Empire, which I thought was pretty cool at the time. Not, I got that cover and I thought. Those painted Luke covers. Looks, yeah, Luke looks bad. He does. Hey, I'm gonna. I'm getting two of these because that's what you did in the night. <laughs> yeah. You got two of at least number one. Yeah, and they're worth two cents. Two cents. Um, but it was pretty cool. The story 
the story started off strong, yeah, but they got quickly weighed down in a lot of um, a lot of backstory from books. I think a lot yeah, because that was after the, the novels in. really took off, Absolutely. which gave Dark Horse the initiative to sign the license. Yeah, they tried tying in with him. There was Emperor clones and oh, uh, Mara Jane was showing up all the time. Yeah. Just, yeah but anyway, Dark Horse published a whole ton of comics over the years. I read some of them. Most of them I ignored because I didn't think they were that good. Um, the Knights of the Old Republic stuff was supposed to be real good. Right. I liked Dark Times. Dark Times was good. I liked uh, Shadows of the Empire. Shadows of the Empire was amazing. Uh, and that's about it. That's when I, I liked uh, Star Wars Tales, too. Star the Wars off, Tales? Well, off-canon, off-canon. Uh, <laughs> series of short stories. I don't know if you followed those at all. No, I didn't. But they that. had a beautiful one by Barry Windham. Not Barry Windham. Not the wrestler. Barry Windham. The not, wrestler. not the wrestler. Uh, Ryder Windham. Rhode Island's oh, own Ryder Windham, wow. who wrote a bunch of stuff. I've met him like five times now. Uh, to the point he recognized me once when we weren't at a show. We were just out in public, and he, we kind of walked like by a, each other. He's like, "Hey, do I know you?" Grocery store. Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, actually, we, we've gone to so many of your events with the kids." That uh, he lives in Rhode Island. And uh, he wrote a beautiful short story that ties in with uh, Episode 1 and Empire Strikes Back. Oh. Where uh, he answers the eternal question of, if they knew C-3PO was the Rebels' droids, why did they destroy it and give it back to them? And they have this thing where they blow up C-3PO on Cloud City, and Darth Vader actually is looking at him like, huh, that really reminds <laughs> me of somebody. And he's picking him up, and he's looking at him, and he's flashing back to building him. And the Stormtrooper's like, all right, sir, you know, we'll... we'll melt him down and he's like no just give him back oh. and he's like sir you know he's, he's a rebel droid he has information this or that and he's like no give him back this is the goodness that Luke. yeah the little bit that, that but the cover is him holding like c-3po thing like like a like a shakespeare oh. he's holding the skull like and he's like he's, he's like looking skull, down right oh fantastic story wow um great cover too and i read uh binks and binks and dexter no binks and a funny one about the two guys who bungle into the whole Star Wars uh, universe. Oh, right, right. I don't remember the name of the... Yeah, Binks and Dexter. And I read Binks. all of them. Dex yeah, Binks. Dexter and... Eh. Either but, way... But there was a Most Wars... of the time I, I picked them up and they were, they were handicapped from the start because they didn't... Lucas wouldn't let them do a lot of stuff. Same with the novels that everyone and their brother loves that I can't stand. You know, the you know those Dark aren't Force Rising. They are not. I clapped the day they announced that. <laughs> uh, Patrick was at Salvation Army today, and they had like four boxes of Star Wars novels that were turned in. And, uh, <laughs> these aren't canon. Yeah, he's like, they're I a quarter of pieces. I can't like, show this I can't, in face. I can't pollute my mind with uncanon canon. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I thought a lot of the books were so horrible. There's a couple good ones. I uh, liked the Thrawn series on the face uh, of it. I thought, well, if you're going to extend it and we're really actually not getting three more movies and you yeah. had to accept that you weren't going to get them yeah. until now, <laughs> you had to go, all right, well, I guess I'll take some books if I have to. And, uh, you know, this super smart blue guy seems like he might be a good replacement. Yeah. I mean, I remember reading, I bought that. I walked into Walden Books when they were still around in the Lincoln Mall, which isn't around, and... Uh, I was walking through Wasting Time while my mom shocked, and I saw it on an end cap. Because it came out of nowhere. There was no magazines right. or internet. I couldn't believe it. And I bought it, and I read it, and I was so 
crushingly disappointed with it. <laughs> because I wanted to know what happened after Return of the Jedi. I wanted to know Luke was going to, what happened. I wanted Obi-Wan and Yoda to say, hey, you know, let's work, out, let's work this out. Instead, like the first chapter was like, Luke, yes, Dad, I cannot talk to you anymore. <laughs> Nor can anybody else important to the trilogy. So we're getting no resolution on any of this. So have fun and disappeared forever. I was like, what? No, I want Obi-Wan. I want explanations about things that were said and, but they couldn't talk about that and they were really handicapped by it. And when I reread it a few years ago, it really, some of the stuff I came out with and the, the ending where it's like a big battle and he's betrayed by his bodyguard. And it's like, there's not even a big ending to it. It's just kind of like, Oh wait, you killed my family. And he stabs him in the chest. I'm like, that's it. <laughs> that was the most anticlimactic climatic. I read, I went 2,000 back, pages for this? I went back and I, and I, to make sure that they were staying true in my mind, as I do sometimes, yeah. and I thought, as mad as I was at the introduction of the midichlorians, I should have been outraged by the little slimy creatures that negate the force. You know, his little pet he's got? Oh, offensive. What was that? Offensive. I can't believe offensive. I didn't clock that the first time around. That was... This is the the force that binds the universe. It's in every living thing, except this little critter for that critter that guy. negates it. <laughs> so yeah, suck on. So not only is the force weakened, not only is the whole oh I can I'm I'm alive after life and we're gonna get that's all gone. As long as someone has one of those as a pet. And the biggest problem I had with the books was Luke at the end of Return of the Jedi redeems his father. Right. Technicalities aside, mass murderer. Yeah. yeah. Did he yeah. really? He didn't order the death of Alderaan. You know, he. he you know, that was Tarkin. True. He was. Know. Yeah. He, he tortured he his didn't. daughter, but you know, people do that to their family. It's legal in a lot of states. But the but the biggest problem. Why they were called younglings and not children. <laughs> the biggest problem I had with the books was they took Luke, and they he didn't grow from Return of the Jedi. He did the exact same thing. That led to the downfall of the Jedi. Now, Absolutely. this is no fault of the writers because they didn't know the prequels what was going to happen. But the Jedi Order was not in the prequels was not how I envisioned it. Me neither. I thought they were like gunslingers going around keeping the yeah, peace, I they were you know. Bad a samurai. And they turned around. them into administrators, and you know, it, when really, you have someone with the you can't have with relations. The angry kind of you know raw power of Sam Jackson. You definitely want to yes. stick him in a robe, sit him in a chair. <sighs> Wait three movies for him to, or two move, two and a half movies, one and a half movies to get the lightsaber out. That's where you want him to be. But, uh, but he, he made the same mistakes, you know, oh well, no love, and we're going to have a Jedi temple, and we're right. going to, we're going to recruit, and then one Skywalker is going to turn bad, and, you know, he's going to terrorize the galaxy, and another Skywalker, it's like, I, I've already seen all this, and then there was galaxy killers, and universe killers, and sun killers. Yeah, the Death Star wasn't appropriately named, named enough. There had to be, well, one planet's good. Yes. But what's better than one planet? Ten planets. Well, can we call that a ten planet killer? <laughs> no. Let's call it planet killer. Yeah, it was devoid of... I, I, I think eh. that, yes, I agree with you. After that series, everything started kind of sliding downhill with... Um, you know, eight books about Mandalorians running around. Yeah, and it was wishy-washy. I mean, they had, like... The problem is they didn't have a long-term plan. So they'd have these books that took place right after Return of the Jedi, and then you'd have books coming later, and then they'd go back to the past, and then they'd introduce a new super villain, 
And then the old books wouldn't reference it, even though like half the galaxy's dead in this series. It was very a very disjointed effort. The comics didn't tie in with the novels. And Dark Horse didn't have a plan either, but which brings right. us perfectly to the Marvel Disney Star Wars conglomerate that does have a plan. Absolutely. The uh, first issue came out today. They're syncing it up with the Rebels cartoon show, the novels, and the movies. So everything that happens from here on out actually happened. They may be referenced in books, uh, uh, video games, cartoons later. They've already said that things that are mentioned in these comics will be referenced later in other things. Yep. So an offhand comment here or there. Plants the seed. Characters are introduced. Long-term goals. Instead of all of a sudden, everyone comes out of nowhere. Right. You know, oh, this guy. You you've never heard of him, him before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was introduced two chapters ago. Now he's a major character. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the first issue came out. Uh, one of us managed to get a couple of copies and generously gave one to the other. What so, an amazing gift. First, uh... I gotta tell you how hefty this is. I mean, it is five dollars, but it's this it's is hefty. a weighty tome of Star Wars. Yeah, this this is a it's it's thick, it's thick, and I like the way it starts. Uh, first page is a long time ago, galaxy far, far away. Next page is just the Star Wars logo we all Ooh, know and love. Yeah, and a crawl. The crawl. Not a big fan of Skywalker Strikes. Not the best title, but. Again, the crawl looks good, and then it starts off with the classic ship coming down overhead back to Tatooine. And uh, right off the bat, Han Solo and Jabba. So I like the feel. Like, it feels like... It felt like, like a movie. Yeah, The way absolutely. they did that really made it feel like an event. Uh, just a... Uh, oh, dear. I mean... Uh, I mean, you're immediately... Here's Tatooine. You see over Tatooine, you can see the Imperial Cruiser... Hovering over the entire thing. So you know that the presence is there. They're there. The yep. Empire is everywhere, even is. on the fringes. So this is, uh, you know... the is right after the Death Star blows. And this is who? Eight Mom? The Eight, that's that, Zuckus. Yeah, because you know, they mixed up the names on the cards back they in the day. The I can never keep track of it ever since then, because I'm that old. Uh, Han Solo, <laughs> right off the bat, identifies himself by name, so the scan matches. Uh, which is interesting because now he's affiliated, like Leia says, with the Rebellion. Right. This is pre-Empire. So right. everything that happens in here is pre-Empire Strikes Back, which means that somewhere in all of this, Han's going to run into a bounty hunter on Ord Mandel. Um, we're going to have a lot of cool stories. There's going to be a lot of bounty hunter options in this because, you know, all the bounty hunters show up on the bridge of Empire, but they've been working for... Vader for a long time prior to that. Yep. So you're going to have a lot of references. Job of the Hut again, right Jabba's off the bat. right in there. Uh, Luke, I like the way they portray him trying to, to learn the Force. Uh, right. He's quoting Obi Wan. Right. He's not just ah. Well, I've still got the lightsaber, and I can't even really mind trick anyone. I can't really do anything, but I'm pretty handy with this lightsaber. Yes. So they go there to do some negotiations and such, but I liked the art. The, it looked like Han. It looked like Luke. It does. But not so much like he drew it right from a picture, because a lot of times they'll use pictures to reference. Right. And then they try to put it on the head of a body that doesn't quite match up. This well, is you, this is, is top-notch Han's art. Han's got <clears throat> 70s hair. He's got late 70s hair in this, which I like. Yes. I, I mean, like very truthful kept, yeah. to, the, to the whole thing, even though they didn't keep Princess Leia in her buns. No. Like they did in the Marvel series for the first two years. She looks like she's rocking uh, Hoth hair, yep. actually. 
Prihapir. Then the negotiator arrives, and it's Darth Vader. And that actually, that's that's the spine. That's right the there. great thing they say. The negotiator has arrived. Yep. Darth Vader rolls in, bedecked with stormtroopers on either side, and you get this great thing where Darth has always been this. I'm afar. I control everything from afar. I'm gonna, you know, yep. I'll beat this down. As, aside from the intro, where he just punks Leia's entire guard complement, um, you've got Chewie taking shots at Vader. Yeah. Well, before we get there, though, I just want to point out one: they use the guard, the fake outfits from jo- uh, Return of the Jedi yeah, you've that Calrissian later loses, which I thought, <laughs> well, uses, uh, which I thought was a nice throwback, it was a like, good touch, yeah. You know, yeah. And then I like the way. They say the negotiator has arrived. They smartly put the ad here, so you have to turn the page. This, to reveal. Because if they put Darth Vader on this side, and you flip the page, you would have seen it. It would have taken... Right. But when, you, when I flipped this page, I was like, what? I thought, well, yeah, I was informed the overseer, the negotiator has arrived, and I'm thinking, who are they going to bring in here? Is this going to be some kind of new yeah, governor? Yeah. Guy? Who knows? I mean, some yeah. stupid... Boom. Was not expecting Darth Vader. The beautiful way to, the, you turn the page, and, and Solo right away is like, don't do anything. Solo, Let's get everybody out of here. freaks out. Yep. And Leia's uh, like, shoot him. Yeah, which is her rea- <laughs> what her reaction should be. Exactly. You know, for what he did. All and uh, I love how Darth Vader protects himself. Oh, that is classic. Uh, that is exactly what you would expect Darth Vader to do. Yes, I'm going to use the lightsaber to deflect a few rounds. But I'll leave that for the people who... Yeah, and, who and the stormtroopers will, will, will give their lives <laughs> to save me. As they were going to do should. it anyway. Uh, I mean, right off the bat there, the, the, the trouble with the Millennium Falcon. Falcons, things are falling apart already. Yeah, 3PO's and, and Han Solo are, have witty banter throughout the entirety of the They book. throw in the AT-ATs. The AT-ATs right great. there. And you know that they've got them there. They're going to be in issue number two, riding in an at Oh, yes. So. And then... Luke's going away, and he hears Luke, Ben talking to him, and, he, and Luke has the natural reaction, which I thought was beautifully written, of Ben. He's here. Darth Vader, the man who killed my father and killed you. I have to face him. I have to end this. And Luke, listen to me carefully. And again, perfect. So turn the page, run. One word, one and, word. and you actually have Darth Vader facing off against Luke Skywalker. And, and you can see him. And He's then, coming for him. Oh, yeah. And then the credits roll. It's perfect. It's got the Disney logo, Lucasfilm. But it is. It's it's like a little movie. Well, this this screwed with me so many ways because, I mean, besides all the throwbacks like Lando's uh, costume showing up and AT-ATs right. and uh, such as it is, they actually have Darth Vader with Luke Skywalker meeting in canon before, before Empire Strikes Back. How is this going to play out? Because... That's a huge reveal. It is. And to me, this says, well, depending on how it plays out. Next month, if this turns out to be an illusion or something, <laughs> you know, because Marvel did this like four times, you know, right. and they showed Luke fighting Vader on the cover before Empire, and it was like, oh, you know, oh, they never actually met. Well, yes. You know, are, are, is Hank Skywalker, you know, <laughs> you can't tell the difference from the back. And I like the credits there. But if they actually make this canon and have some sort of interaction, I'll have to go back and watch Ret- uh, Empire Strikes Back when they... You know, does he ever say anything like, oh, we finally met or anything? Right. Or if there's actually going to be a history there, which is... Uh... But this, to me, shook up the whole status quo. Because when I went in, I was thinking, well, there's things that won't happen. Yeah, I thought They're not going to meet Vader. 
because he's saved for Empire. Things, certain things are going to progress here. And they, at the end of this first issue, they punched me in the face and said, Here's whatever later. you thought in your head we, we had planned, this is, it's go time. Yeah, Chewie's going to take some shots at Vader, who shows up against your wishes, and now Luke and his father are facing off. Spoiler alert to anyone who's yes. listening yeah. to this. I mean, phenomenal. Phenomenal I, first. They couldn't uh, have done a better first issue. Well worth the four ninety nine, and you get a look at uh, Darth Vader number one. Which will be out next month, and uh, you know Vader and Jabba together at last. Again, but again, another looks like Return of the Jedi. It's great. Vader's entering yeah. the same way that Luke entered mm-hmm. Jabba's palace, tying it all together. And there he is, standing in the palace. And they had met before. Anakin had interactions with Jabba yep. through the Clone Wars. So this is again going to be very interesting. This is Darth coming home. Yeah, it's back home to Tatooine. Thought he'd be back there, and uh, then there's a preview of Princess Leia, which is was less ex- well, yeah, which was less exciting without the words. Yeah, I'm not sure what they were getting at here. She's giving some looks at people and things. It's not as exciting as Jabba and Darth. No, but still couldn't have been more pleased with this issue. Amazing. Hey, you would have only been more pleased had you gotten the Jack's variant cover that you wanted. I'll get it at some day, at some price. Much, 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 at some price, some, at some price, it will become mine because I, I love that cover. Uh, there was actually a couple covers I wanted. I wanted the action figure one as well, but uh, can't have everything you want, right? No, um, keep an eye out. Yeah, I mean, I. Mar- did, you knew, I'm all I in. Mean, I'm all in. They, know, they've won me over. Like, I, they've already had me. They've had me. Disney, Marvel, and Lucas Arts. I've always wanted this. I've I've been waiting for someone to just grab the reins, and make it the franchise that it deserved to be. I mean, yeah, Star Wars franchise is everywhere, but is it really the stories you want? Rebels is the comic, Rebels. I liked, I did like the Clone Wars. Yep. But I just think uh, it's all finally coming together and tying in. Uh, a lot of the themes are, are working. It just, it's so juicy knowing it's canon. And it's so juicy that we get to feel like we're kids again, and yep. all this stuff is new. I cannot wait to February 4th when the next issue comes out. Oh, I'm, I mean, I'm it is. Jazzed. I was giddy when I was done with this. Everything from the covers to the way they played it out to the story to the artwork. Unreal. I mean, they nailed it. They had a lot of pressure on them. They did. And I, and a lot I, of people upset when Dark Horse lost the license, but I think this is Marvel's probably the, the best. Ball. Best Star Wars comic that anyone's ever made. Marvel has picked it up and ran with it. And I'm excited to see what they do with it because it started out phenomenal. Yep. And then next month will be uh, Darth Vader. And the following month, Leia. And then the following month starts a four-issue series about Kane and, uh, from Rebels. Really? Yeah, a four-issue miniseries about him. Actually, back during his Jedi training days. You've got, to, you've got to tie the comics in with the TV, with the movies, because... Without the comics, you're not going to get the movies. With the movies, you're not going to sell the comics. Now, nowadays, you've got to you've got to tie this stuff in. What was the word you used? Synergy. synergy. That was synergy. big in the '90s. Everything was synergy. That's why AOL bought Time Warner. Now, mind you, AOL bought AOL. one of the oldest media, largest media companies in the world, and that was dark days. Because <laughs> synergy. Well, we'll advertise on AOL, and then, oh, yeah. god dang, uh, those are dark days. But uh. Highest recommendation if you like Star Wars. If, you, if you're if you still on the fence or you thought Dark Horse deserved the rights, they didn't. 
No, because they, it, uh, they squandered it. This little schlink mock where you like, well, I want to read a Star Wars comic. Well, there's eight of them, and then they're all over the place, and there's no one Star Wars comic to read. I mean, this is this is a monthly pull box. Yep, you know, absolutely. I want it, and I, I like I told the comic guy today, I want everything Marvel puts out for Star Wars. And again, maybe it's canon, maybe it's because I'm ready. I haven't really followed the comics, but it was a. Uh, it was good. I felt like it's, I was back at the convenience fresh. store in Ohio buying, you know, Marvel, you know, Star Wars issue eight with buying further issue adventures. Eight, flopping in the rack. Flopping in the rack, spinner, trying to look for seven, see if I could find it because <laughs> a lot of times they didn't put away the comics. All right. Speaking of synergy. Synergy. Uh, fantasy flight games. Oh, all right. We only have a few minutes left on this because uh, you have a uh, role playing. I'm playing some Dungeons and Dungeons Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. I'll uh, say it loud and proud. So, uh, what time does that start? Uh, six. Okay, so we have a few minutes. Uh, Imperial Assault Imperial is Assault. what I want to talk about. All right. Now, just a little background here. We played the Star Wars role-playing game. The system, we well, we played the Outer Rim. Yep. Uh, Age of Rebellion. Edge of the Empire, I'm sorry, yes. Where we were going to be some hard-hitting Firefly crew-type yeah. heavies, outlaws, Bad boys. Robbing from everyone for ourselves and occasionally the poor. Everyone's so like dirty Han Solo. Yes. That's all we Sexy, all envision. Sexy, Solo. dirty Han Solo. <laughs> all of us. Yeah. Um, what we got was more like Star Trek. Our episode one, the scenes that didn't have an ignited lightsaber. Yes. There was a lot of senatorial As long as there was a, a, a lit lightsaber... That was a great movie. But once the lightsaber was not ignited, a lot of talky-talky and negotiations and trade routes and... Uh. <laughs> and no one... You know who there we were? were no lightsabers. In the episode one analogy, we were the pilots. Ace Crackerjack pilots. The Naboo pilots? The Naboo pilots, yes. And we were Crackerjack pilots. The best of the best on this planet. And then there was a kid. And then a kid showed up. An NPC kid who saved the day. And wow, that's a perfect yeah, analogy. Yeah. It was, it <laughs> was like, dark, dark right, days. All right, let's do this one time for Naboo. So I'm still undecided about the system. I thought it was interesting. It's a great system for people that can roll with reading the dice quickly. Quickly and, and adapting. And a fun excuse for what happens on the dice. Mm. But this has nothing to do with, I don't think, I think the game system itself would be solid. Mm-hmm. But I'm more excited about the board game. Well, we also got the card game we got to try. And you got the card game. And I got the X-Wing miniature game. Which I am dying to try. I can't believe I haven't played it yet. It's like, I'm embarrassed, frankly. You should be. <laughs> it's a great game. So we, we got some history here with Star yeah, Wars games. absolutely. I got a whole shelf of Star Wars games. You got a Millennium Falcon on that table right there. Yeah, I do. A badass Millennium Falcon. Yeah, it is. Uh, so this is the miniature... Non-collectible, non-collectible game. Uh, yeah, it's um, a lot of people have said it's Star Wars Descent. If anyone's familiar yes. with that game, it's one person plays the Empire, mm -hmm. and everyone else plays a character from the Rebellion. Mm -hmm. And you go through. There's an entire book of missions. You're running through these missions. You're part of the story. You're making yeah, up. It's a campaign. Story. It's a campaign. You're making up the story. Mm -hmm. Your your guys are the heroes. You know, Luke will show up. I'm sure that they will put out a wedge. They will put out a Han and a Chewie. Mm -hmm. And those guys will show up to help you, but you're the main characters. Your guys are the ones that advance in skills and whatnot. Um, 
it comes with a lot of minis. Yep. And you know I like that. Yes, even if they're unpainted. And I will not paint them no matter how many times you bother me. I don't care if you paint them or you pay somebody to paint them. <laughs> but that game would look unbelievable if you had a table full of painted miniatures. It does. It comes with a lot of stormtroopers. It comes with an ATST. It comes with a lot of great. Uh, comes with some probe droids. Yeah. There's a lot of probe great droids, stuff. tiles, you cards. You, you know, can even it's a use hefty this box. stuff for role playing. Yes, easily. It's almost like a light version of the role playing game. And that's what I like. About if there was it. no negotiations and there was actually combat. That's what I like about it is that we get to jump straight into it. I can make up a little story and say how you got there, but you're showing off guns blazing. Guns blazing. And that's nice. That's what you want out of a game. Hell yeah. Uh, the system flowed pretty well, I thought. It Once did? we got the rules. Yeah, a lot of, it's not even a lot of rules. It's just, you know, like anything else, there's a lot of things going on. Yeah. A lot of cards, new dice uh, with unique symbols. Even that newer you dice. Have. Every, you know, FFG, they say, okay, we've got the Star Wars license. One set of dice per for Star Wars? No. One for each game? Yes. Yes. With similar, but not exactly the same. Right. So at a second, you're like, oh, that's a, oh no, wait, that's nope. not called that anymore. <laughs> but it flowed good. We played two games with three people as their alliance and you as the Empire. And I believe both of them came down to the last turn. Very last, uh, very what? last turn. Yeah, the second one came down to the last two dice rolls. Yes. I was actually hoping to fail the first one so we could all come down to that <laughs> last dice roll. Which is the kind of juicy gaming I like. But instead, you're able to I succeeded save early. one dice roll to yes. search a crate and get a little bit richer. Than oh, that's true else. too. Yeah, if we had a campaign going, that would have been genius. Right. The but you read through it, you go through the tutorial, and it prepares you very well for the rest of it. The campaign, you're introducing more cards, you're introducing more variables, and but even if you just want to play it as a one-up game. There are skirmish rules. Mm -hmm. There's a book for if there's two of you, and you don't. One person doesn't want to run a couple of dudes. Just Vader versus Luke. Yep. You set up uh, the map. The tiles are great. They're really sturdy. Um, and they they change around so you can get random uh, layouts. Absolutely. There's there's sand. There's forest. And there's you know imperial base for lack of a better term. And these tiles are. Full color, they're beautiful. The, all of the tokens, all of the art on the cards, just oh, as always, top notch. They they never they never disappoint with that. The rules flow pretty well. I, I, don't, I don't. How long did that take us? For what? To play hmm. through that campaign game. The second one? Yeah. Pretty quick. Maybe about an hour. Hour? Yeah, yeah. I would say so. Yeah. If you had an evening and you knew the rules, you could get through three missions in a few hours and feel like you got pretty far. Mm -hmm. uh, there's some upkeep in between missions, but not so much so that it's like a role-playing game where you've got to sit there and go, okay, we're not going to go shopping. Right? Well, shopping is look through the cards while someone else is getting the board set up. Yep. So a lot of setup and teardown. A lot of setup, and, and I'm very... Um, I'm very precise in the way I like to store my tiles, so I can't just grab them, shove them in the box, and mm. go. It's no way to live. It's no way to live. No you don't want live. your you don't want your minis to uh, crack Get off dinged. the bases yes. or anything. Especially if you paint them, you're gonna have to come up with a better storage solution. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, there are a lot of different stacks of cards too. So, but I at a hundred bucks, I would, I would be, if you've got a hundred bucks and you like Star Wars and you like board games, I'd do it. But I would probably order it online for about seventy-five bucks, which is in fact what I did. Yes. Um, I recommend it. Uh, what do you think? I liked it a lot. I thought it was good. I thought it was worth the money. I kind of would have rather had $100 with painted minis. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, because these plastic molds, they, I mean. That's the thing. that You're right. They have. You, you know, especially because the, the, the people you get, I mean, you get a lot of stormtroopers, mm -hmm. which is one die cast, one paint job. Yep. You know, and you get, you know. You get a lot of people that I would have paid $125 for the premium edition fully painted minis. I, I have because to because it, the game would look beautiful on the table. It would look now it's kind of blank as the characters are gray. It's gray versus tan. yeah. You don't get the real cinematic feel for it. I mean, because if you get them painted, you can use them in the role playing game. I mean, it just it, it works on so I many levels. I agree with you, and it, it only comes with six rebel minis, so they could have had six six guys who were a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. But all of the imperial minis could have been done with three colors. Yep. Um, I have to agree, for the price point, I'd say it's not a bargain, but it's good value. Yeah. I would. I, I agree, though. I would rather have had painted minis in the box and, and paid a little bit extra for it. Yeah. I, I definitely, I mean, it just, it, it would look so amazing. If you like to paint. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what we have to do, is you have to go to the game store and find one of these kids who's into Warhammer and say, hey, I see that new Warhammer set's out there. Uh, what is it, $30? I'll tell you what, I'll buy that for you. Here, Just bring these. these back next week. You know, you don't have to be a crackerjack with it, but, you know, Stormtroopers, white, black eyes. No, at the end of the you day, know, a little bit of detail. Just, it's just, just enough to really, game. a little bit of oomphy, right. oomphiness. Uh, again, because you can use them in the role-playing game and such. And I remember the old minis, you know, that they had Star Wars from Wizards of the Coast. Tons you know. of them. Tons yeah, of them. You could, I mean, they're, just, the exact color, size, just they're the exact same base size. They're the exact same everything. If you have those, yep. chuck them in. Actually, I saw... Uh, Mattel is releasing a line of finger figures. Finger figures. Finger ships, actually. It's like a little base, and it's kind of two and it, wow. two two pillars, and it wraps around your finger, so you can like ooh ships. <laughs> but it, it stands on a table, and I okay. believe they're about the size of the mini game, but they're beautifully painted. Wow. Uh, there's a, and they're only five bucks a pop. So you're thinking a little switcheroo. A little supplemental for the because uh, you have nice. the cards. You have four or five different X-wing cards, but only one X-wing. You can buy these and kind of mix and match. Yeah, you heard it here first. Heard it here first. I'm always looking to save a buck. Uh, but yeah, very. Rec I mean, now I'm starting to get into Star Wars mode with the comics, the game, the movies coming out, the trailer, which is phenomenal. Been, I haven't been this excited in a long time. I was a young Luke Skywalker mm. the last time. I, was I feel like excited. a kid again. Yeah, I feel like a kid again. It's great. They brought back the magic, and uh, it's going to be a hell of a freaking year. The Magic Kingdom, after all. Hell of a year. They're doing it right, though. That's all I want. Yep, that's all I care about. All right, so that's it for this uh, episode. Uh, we'll be back in some way, some form next week. Thank you for listening to the First Comics News Podcast. Send show feedback to podcast at firstcomicsnews.com. Visit us on the web at firstcomicsnews.com for all your comic, movies, TV, and gaming news. Podcast is copyright Matthew Suchek, Patrick Crow, and Richard Barber.